This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. It's the brand-new toll-free line. Only had it for about a week, so if you have the other one jotted down somewhere, you can go ahead and scratch that one out and replace it with this one. 1-855-450-FREE. That's 3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And Dale joining us courtesy of his radio program, Prometheus Unchained, which you can hear weekly. Uh, you can grab it over at his website, flamingfreedom.com. We'll tell you more about that here in a little while. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. And there is a lot in the news. One story in particular that I didn't get to this weekend that I mentioned was the one about the Postal Service. Now, of course, a lot of the news coverage today has been about this default situation, or not default situation, but uh, the the, uh, the government, the federal government being downgraded by Standard & Poor's from AAA rating to a AA plus, I believe is the, the rating that they were downgraded to. And apparently that's never happened before, and so this is a big deal. I think uh, it's just the beginning, of course, but it's a, right. it's a big step. Yep. It, and, it shows that things, you know, they love to give all these predictions based on past behavior and what people need to come to realize is that the game is changing so much that you can't base past predictions. You can't base past events. Excuse me. You can't predict future events based on past (laughs) events. It's true. It's you know, we're entering into, it's always a true statement that we're entering into something that no one has ever been before. This is, this is a new time. This is, we've never experienced a world like this where information can pass so quickly information gets around lightning fast now like even if there were similar circumstances in the past it's not like it wasn't like it uh what it is now isn't what it was then and the the circumstances are com- are completely different well and i and i'm also thinking just in terms of uh if you look at how drastically the the debt situation has changed and the way and the fact that you know we only really went off of metal standards a few decades back mm-hmm. it's not that long ago and True. things have drastically changed since then a generation maybe so i mean the moment that happened it was it, you know we were we were on a track for destruction i think and and it's just been a matter of time and how long can they keep the house of cards up in the air yeah so to speak uh, it's really just, it really is a matter of when, not if, right? It was when, not if, and then the best they can do is they can sort of try to postpone the inevitable, but every time they do that, they make the circumstances worse further yeah, down right. the line. So right, because there's going to be a reckoning, some sort of a yeah. financial reckoning, and the, the laws of economics cannot be ignored. Yeah. And Greenspan coming out with some sort of a quote today about how, well, you'll... If if you uh, if we owe you money, the federal government owes you money. You can guarantee you're going to be paid because we can print the money. Yeah, <laughs> he just came right out. Right, and he says that's like this. saying you know that's like saying that uh, yeah. Well, if we don't have enough uh, enough food for everyone, we can just break it into smaller pieces until we have enough for everyone. <laughs> well, right, because that's what do, <laughs> right. That's what yeah. printing money is doing. It's breaking the value away of the dollars that you have in your pocket, and of course transferring and the it money to those. that they're about to pay you with. Like you right. know, oh, we're going to pay you with lots of interest. Don't worry about it. We're gonna we're gonna and raise the interest rates we're going to print money to pay you with and yeah they raise the interest rates and you got way a lot a lot of money back and it's still worth no more than it was to begin with so this yep. is this is this idea this it's this incredible it's like there's this delusion that they want to maintain that we, that we can just create prosperity out of thin air with like violence and laws well i mean it sounds good if you don't know about inflation if you don't know that inflation is an increase in the money supply not an increase in prices. When I went to high school, yeah. I, government school, 
I recall vaguely, I slept through most of the economics class because it was real early in the morning, but I do recall vaguely being taught that inflation is an increase in prices, and that's not true. It's just a flat-out lie. Inflation's an increase in the money supply. And when you when you increase the money supply, you're just decreasing the value of the existing money that's out there. You, you literally are stealing value from people's wallets and bank accounts without them ever having to cut a check. Well, it's you the most the, insidious form of taxation. A lot of people like to say that economics is complicated, but my thought is it really isn't complicated. The basic premises of economics are not complicated. The actuality of what's going on out there is distorted in all kinds of ridiculous, complex ways. But uh, one of the ways I've always tried to think of it, if you think in basic terms of supply and demand, then it's really very straightforward. You know, you've got things of scarcity that are valuable because they're scarce and and that that, you know, if they become uh, more readily available, then they'll become cheaper and things like that. And and if you just and money is really just a distortion in all of that because especially what it has become since it doesn't represent an actual resource anymore then it would be a supply and demand thing but because money is just money is violence now it's backed they say the it's not backed money. by anything but it's backed by violence yeah, the government, you must the, accept this the government fiat dollar yes. uh, money is anything that's a uh, you know I stand corrected. it's uh, god i'm spacing on the the term for it right now but uh, but money allows people to easily transact business between one another uh, so money could be anything, right? Yeah, value. Uh, you're right, and I stand corrected. It, it facilitates trade. Gold and silver and precious metals are a good type of money for good for for various reasons. And uh, fiat money, the kind issued by the government right now, is backed by violence, not by any kind of resource. Right. And you, you're just ordered to accept it. But but how far can that go when it's when it's really not valuable? And and it's and it's and and that's why I you know I think that. That's what complicates things. That and a lot of other things. You know, there's so much violence in the system that has nothing to do with supply and demand. You're, you know, there are monopolies being propped up by government force and things like that. And and uh, when there's a big government bailout, uh, certain people benefit. When they when they talk about a stimulus package, uh, certain companies benefit, but we don't all benefit. Oh, yeah. Uh, And again, it might stave off a horrible disaster in the immediate future because it kind of creates this illusion that something's being done. You know, it's like, okay, they're doing something, but you're not the one being benefited. <laughs> There's some powerful companies, wealthy companies being benefited. And uh, it might create a little bit of of action, make people feel a little more confident, and they go out and buy things. But all that is still it doesn't change the fact that people are you know, living off of debt. The, the government's living off of debt. People all over the country are living off of debt. And, and someday the piper's going to have to be paid. No doubt about you it. Your, your thoughts are welcome at 1-855-450-FREE. If you look at some of the conversations around uh, in the news, and I'm speculating on the news channels. I don't watch these things. But if you, you can see some of these conversations and some of these news stories, and there's a lot of finger pointing going on. About you know why did this? Whose fault is this? It's the Republicans. It's the Democrats. It's Obama. It's Bush, and they're going back and forth here. And Michael Moore apparently has called for President Obama to arrest uh, the folks over at Standard and Poor's. <laughs> they're just it's just all this silly political infighting that's going on here. When this is a problem that has spanned years. I mean, as you pointed out, decades they the, right. since they started printing money and without anything to back it. Right. Well, I mean, they started doing the. I mean, the IRS and the Federal Reserve were created uh, almost a hundred years ago. At this point, there was silver backing the currency up and 
till the 1930s, and then eventually they ended up pulling away the standard, the gold yeah. standard, as one I understand, in the 1970s with Richard Nixon. So this is a long time coming that it's these true. people there, there have been playing big games. steps in in history where where big economic events happened, and usually it was a case where they said, well, the government must intervene to prevent a disaster. And what they did is uh, they they probably prolonged the recovery. It might have made it a softer recovery immediately, but you know prolonged it. And uh, and and in the long run, of course, made things worse. You know, it's it's just like refusing to take your medicine for a long, long time. Right. Well, they don't have right. So what they do is they can just keep pushing it off on the un, unlike refusing to take your medicine. What, refusing to take your medicine would hurt you. With the politicians, <laughs> they can just put off these issues until they're out of office. Right. And then, it, well, the next generation will deal with it. People keep. I keep hearing a lot of people saying, "Well, they just." They they don't understand or they're not doing what they need to do. And I'm like, no, they they understand, but they're playing a game and, and they don't want to deal with it. I mean, the, the, the problem has grown for the same reason over multiple uh, offices, you know, over multiple people holding office and none of them have wanted to deal with it. They can just put it off and make someone else deal with it. But that's there. Uh, they all keep doing that. And and so. It's it's so out of control at this point that it's it literally is, I think it's really I can't imagine what in the world could possibly happen politically to rescue not even the Ron economy Paul. the government right I mean there, there's nothing politically that can save this for instance there's this video we'll tell you about it here in a moment over at learnliberty.org uh, we'll give you some details on it which will really give you some perspective if you haven't seen it yet on this debt situation that the government has eight five five four five zero free 855-450-3733. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And we invite you to our website. Uh, You can enjoy the features there. We've got live streams, broadband, and dial-up versions of the program are there. And, of course, they're completely free. In fact, they run around the clock. So any old time you want to, you can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live streaming to you. Of course, you can also get us on 109 great radio stations across the country. Satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio. We've got two different channels up there that we're on, uh, plus our free-to-air KU Band channel. In addition to that, our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way as well. Once again, listen.freetalklive.com is where you can go to experience that. With all the concerns lately about the debt ceiling rising, don't be letting your health fall to the ground. Here's Mike Buck from New Zealand's Nature V with how to raise your health and save some wealth. 
Hello, Mark. Boy, do you have that right. You know, good health totally depends on good nutrition. And Nature Bee Plant Pollen is the organic vegetable food we tell you about every day here on Free Talk Live. It comes in a capsule, gives you full nutritional support, all 27 important vitamins and amino acids, 28 minerals, all those antioxidants. That's why we can confidently say Nature Bee is the health food store you hold in the palm of your hand. And uh, more energy. Also, it, it'll it'll increase your sort of uh, digestion. When you're getting the right food in your diet, your body's going to function properly. Amen. And the energy, the sustained energy you get out of this is amazing. Plus, you get improved sleep, greater immunity, and those are just a few of the uh, wonderful benefits you get. And here's the best part. You can order your six-month supply right now for just ninety nine ninety five plus delivery. You do it today. We toss you three more months for free. You call toll-free to New Zealand and remember Nature Bee's money-back guarantee. The toll-free number to get it rolling to you, 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355 or double-click online at naturebee.com. You know, what I find so motivating about Nature Bee is that it's a higher than 90% renewal rate. People take Nature Bee, they continue taking Nature because it works for them. So be just like me. Be all you can be with Nature Bee. Order now at 866-834-8355. It's 866-834-8355 or go to naturebee.com. All right, we're here to take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. 1-855-450-FREE. Of course, talking about the financial shenanigans, for lack of a better term, uh, that have been going on here in this country for a long time, and I think it Mark, I think it was actually Mark that pointed out last week that one of the only reasons why the dollar is doing so well is because it's competing with other finance, you know, other fiat currencies around the world that are all being debased at some level or another. So essentially, you've just got this spiraling, you know, like toilet bowl of currencies where one will always be on top of uh, of the others. It's just awful. Yeah, and so many of so many of them are linked to the dollar. They have. That's you know, changing, they, um, though. Yeah, they're, they're starting to disengage. That's true, and and that's something I was, you know, I'm I'm considering. I was considering as far as my own investments. You know, I I was sitting there thinking, well, what currencies might be a good, you know, if you want something in liquid form, you know, could you invest in other currencies and things? And I'm not going to invest a, in another fiat, you know, money. I mean, you never know what those people are going to do. It seems to me, I'm not an investor. Please, right. this is not investment I'm not advice. Either. I'm not. Either. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, but I do know that I like silver and gold because I, I do can too. hold on to it. It's awfully hard if you have something in an IRA though to invest it in silver and gold. It's not impossible. I don't know anything it's about impossible, that stuff. Impossible, but so it's know. a you know there's only certain things you can buy with an IRA, but they do, right? there are ways. It's a little bit complicated, but there are ways to buy physical gold and silver. As it turns out, so. seems like it's worth yeah. it. Whatever that whatever yeah. that effort might be that you have to put into it. But uh, I also like bitcoins as well. We'll talk more about bitcoins here in a little bit. It's an interesting new digital uh, anonymous private currency and well i guess private is it's kind of not an accurate term to call it private because the entire system is public but it's yeah. private in that you can hide easily you don't know who's sending what around in the in the system anyway so there are different ways that you can put your money that is not in fiat currency and i think the more diversified ways you have the better right if you put yeah. all your eggs in one basket that's usually a bad idea uh, but i and- tend to say you have to have some fiat currency because that's what so many right. people. That's all they accept. So right, you got to pay your bills. You have in, to have liquidity. Yeah, yeah. So I've got, I've still got, you know, a certain amount. I have a certain uh, n- number that it, that makes me feel comfortable when I have that number in my bank account. I know that if something comes up, I can, I can pay for that. 
But above above that amount, I start to look at other options. With uh, you know, what can I do with this? And a lot of a lot of it is you know, sometimes it's good to buy tools and things like that for your business. For instance, I know that you recently invested in some uh, some cameras and uh, editing equipment and things like that because you yep. were doing some some video work, or you, at least you were planning to do some more video work. But investing in tools can be useful because that's something that you can make more money with in the future. And as if that. If the money that you've spent isn't sitting in cash, then it's you know it's it's harder for them to debase that. Right. Although obviously, it's, when you buy things, they immediately go down in value. If they're yeah. brand new. So there is that factor but as well. Own, trying to own the, the the trick for me felt like what would make me comfortable is is the closest thing to an actual hard asset. <laughs> you know, something mm-hmm. uh, that that's that's what I was concerned about. I'm not confident in the market because the market's going to be heavily affected by all this economic shenanigans absolutely so the, it sounds inc- seems incredibly volatile so i don't really want to you know invest in, in in stocks or if i did i would like you know sort of afraid to invest in stocks that are based in the u.s you know more thinking in terms of you know countries that aren't sure. in the same sort of financial debt desperate debt situation that the u.s is in and well like there's that. one place you definitely don't want to put your money dale and that is the u.s postal service <laughs> uh, according yeah. to the afp the u.s postal service warned on friday that it could default on payments that it owes to the federal government. Just days after the U.S. government itself narrowly averted a default, and I think this news story actually probably was published before S&P made their change to the U.S. government's rating, the government's mail service said it lost, get this, $3.1 billion in the period between April and June. April, May, June. Wow. $3 billion. Gone. You know, you hear so many people... (laughs) sort of praising the post office as being even though it's te- you know technically it's a you know a government monopoly mm-hmm. they, they praise it for being you know it's self-sufficient it doesn't you know they don't get subsidies from the government anybody Sorry, saying that no. isn't paying attention right they, they just don't they don't understand uh the, no business can afford to lose a billion dollars a month <laughs> can you yeah. imagine can you i mean just imagine for a moment Losing a billion dollars in operating costs just down the drain. You're not even coming close to, to meeting your obligations. How long could your business last? Right. I mean, most businesses wouldn't be able to last losing you know a few thousand dollars a month, depending on their financial and, status. And they are heavily subsidized in so many ways. Yeah. With buildings, with uh, tax benefits, and there's so and many ways. And the pensions. And yeah. the pensions. Yeah. That's really where, as I understand it, please correct me if I'm wrong, at eight, uh, 855-450-FREE. But it's my understanding that, yeah, okay, they're kind of semi-independent in that some of their operating budget does come from the sales of stamps and things like that. But their Which stamp sales – Which people are required to buy for first-class mail. So Right. But their stamp <laughs> sales and their priority mail and all of their shipping costs don't even come close to meeting their obligations for the retirement fund or for their pensions. Don't even come close. That's where they're turning to the federal government to say, well, help us out. And even with all the assistance, uh, it's a government agency. I mean, Does anyone get pensions besides government employees anymore? Anyone? I don't think so. one 450 free is the number. More about the failing postal service. It's really just pathetic. More on the way. Free Talk Live. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great... Julius Caesar and beyond. TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. 
Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the news updates. Uh, We will send them to you whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You'll know it first if you're on the news list, and you can get on it uh, via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever delivery method you prefer over at news.freetalklive.com. News. .freetalklive.com. Now, I mentioned the video over at learnliberty.org slash FTL. There are a number of videos that you can get through learnliberty.org. They're all free, and they're really useful. It's basically an online course, the Learn Liberty Academy link. Uh, It's an online course for people that want free online continuing education in economic philosophy, liberty, and rights. In fact, you can learn about this debt crisis situation uh, you, it's, it's pretty mind-blowing. Go to LearnLiberty.org slash FTL. Look for Anthony Davies' explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. It takes just over a minute, so it's one of those easy videos to share with your friends who everybody's, everybody's time-challenged. Everybody's busy, uh, but it's hard to say you can't have a minute and a half or a minute 15 uh, to go and watch uh, an enlightening video like this. It'll really show you how impossible it is. Like you were saying before, Dale – you don't know of anything that could be done at the federal level to change this financial calamity that is uh, that is upon us. Like, okay, you can elect Ron Paul, but that's <laughs> not going to stop things. In fact, I think as well, Stefan Molyneux pointed out, uh, if you elect Ron Paul, it'll be Ron Paul who gets to preside over the crash, right? I mean, and then yeah, everybody's going to point at the libertarians and say it's all your well, fault. Well, the, the, the correction, you know, the medicine that needs to be taken is, is going to be painful at this point. That's and right. so whoever does it, it's, it's not going to be – it's not like everything's just going to suddenly get better. It's nope. probably going to be painful at first. It's going to take time. And uh, and then, but you know, it's what has to happen to keep it from being just ultimately devastating down the, in the long run, and uh, or just or just being a major crash and just just I I just picture a police state um, happening at some point because it's already you know, things are things are starting to collapse economically and people are, you know economic unrest. What are they going to do when they can't pay the police anymore? Uh, yeah, you know, huh. learnliberty.org slash FTL. Go and check that's out what this worries me is, that, is when money stops meaning anything, then all you have is violence. You know, there's no mm. the money is the carrot. When you want someone to do something, um, you know, you offer them something and that's the peaceful way to get people to do something you want. Right. Uh, without the carrot, uh, all that's left is the stick. And when money becomes completely meaningless, look for a lot of violence. And that's what scares me. You've got this Alan Greenspan character, the former chairman of the Federal Reserve, who just all in the news saying, yeah, we'll pay our debts by printing money if we have to. <laughs> uh, well, go look at learnliberty.org slash FTL. Check out this video where Anthony Davies shows you just how tremendous this government's un- uh, essentially unfunded obligations are, this uh, this debt that they have uh, that they built up in this future, uh, these future obligations that they're going to have to pay. It's greater than the entire world's GDP. It's just not even – it's not even in the, the, the realm of possibilities. Oh, exactly. If they were to print the money to pay off all of these obligations, the amount of inflation would, would dwarf Zimbabwe. I mean it would make Zimbabwe look like uh, you know, a vacation resort in comparison to what would happen here. It's just 
It's a mind blower. Anyway, learnliberty.org slash FTL. Check out those videos. It's good stuff there. In fact, we're going to highlight more of them over time. Uh, I've liked every one that I've seen thus far, though. Nice production value and easy to understand stuff. Smart stuff. one 450 free That's 855-450-3733. So back to the news about the Postal Service. They're hemorrhaging cash. We've known this. We've talked about the Postal Service a number of times over the last several years. And uh, there have been lots of studies that have been done and all kinds of suggestions that have been made as far as, well, well, how can we keep the Postal Service around? It's so valuable. We just have to have the Postal Service. So let's cut the delivery down to two, three days a week. Let's cut out Saturdays. Let's cut. You know, they, they're just trying to cut themselves to success. And that's not how it works. <laughs> that uh, didn't work for the radio business. And I, you know, I don't know about your business, but. It's okay to cut off a little bit of fat. Like when you're running a business to look at your budget and just, all right, well, we don't really need that. And that, Okay, that's a, for something old. We don't really use those anymore. We can cut that out. It's okay to look at your budget and, and make some trims here and there. But to believe that you're going to be able to take what is essentially a failing business model and just cut yourself down to the point where it'll become profitable again, it's just not in – the, in the long run, it's not going to play out for them. Mm-hmm. So if they think that they can just – slice it down to three delivery days per week instead of six and keep the the postal service running and everything's going to be a-okay they got another thing coming yeah you're right it's not going to suddenly make everything uh work better uh with, without a doubt, I don't think that would would bother many people because most people postal stuff is is not they're not getting that much of of importance right. in the mail anymore. You know, online is taken over for so much bills and things like that. There's there things like you know, it's 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 not like it's gonna be people are gonna be upset or devastated if they did cut down to three days. They probably should, but no, what I- really needs to happen is they need to just be. Uh, a, Open up Sold. the market, yeah. Sell them, get it, get get them back in, get them into the private sector, make them compete with everyone else. Let UPS and FedEx and people like that it. deliver first class mail. They can't. That's right. a good point because the postal service has a monopoly on what they call first class mail, which is essentially last time I heard was defined as mail that's under a dollar. So, postal service is the only one that can offer this service. If you were to go into business and offer mail delivery for under a dollar, you would be violating some sort of federal. Law, and that's why they went after Lysander Spooner back in uh, in the 1800s because he was competing with them, and they didn't like that very much. So, yeah, okay, fine, cut it back to three days a week. The, every other day, they would have mail delivery. That would be a way for them to save on some costs, but ultimately, it doesn't solve the problem of the inefficiency of the bureaucracy that is the post office. They don't have the incentive that they need to shape up, get it together. They are ham- you know they're essentially hamstrung by a lot of these federal government strings that are still attached to the business because it's not a real business it's still kind of this it's still partially government run I mean they're taking care of the pensions and it doesn't say it in this story but I I'm recalling from talking about it in the past a number of times if the post office wants to change how they operate I'm pretty sure they have to go through Congress so it's not just like the post uh, postmaster general can just declare well we're going to do three days a week. I'm pretty certain they have to get some sort of congressional approval to make these kinds well, of sweeping changes. It's going to be like moving through molasses right. to try and be responsive to the market. In the meantime, they're hemorrhaging $3.1 billion, $3. billion from April to June. Now, that says April to June, so I don't know if that means April and May or April, May, and June. So 
at worst case, it's a billion and a half dollars per month that they're hemorrhaging. And best case, it's only a billion dollars per month that they're hemorrhaging. Only a billion, probably. As a result of its mounting losses, according to the AFP, the U.S. Postal Service said it would not be able to make a legally required $5.5 billion payment in September to a health benefits trust fund. Absent substantial legislative change, the Postal Service service will be forced to default on payments to the federal government, it said in a statement. And that's what they're referring to, the substantial legislative change. That's the legislature that the post office needs to be passed by Congress in order for them to actually implement any significant change to its business model. Now, if you think that running a a company with a board is a bureaucratic thing, imagine trying to get the 535 drunken sailors in Congress to agree on how to run your business, because that's what they're talking about doing. Have you ever been on a board of directors of, uh, of any sort? Uh, a, a condominium association, and Wasn't it was it miserably bureaucratic, and it yeah. was only like a, a building of forty apartments or so. Right? How many people? <laughs> Can how many people were on larger, the board? Four or five. Four or five. Right. <laughs> it's just it. It the the larger the organization gets, the more unwieldy and cumbersome it becomes. The more frustrating uh, and, the meetings. This is actually, this, you know, this is a lot of libertarians aren't going to get upset with me for saying this, but this is actually true for large corporations as well. Absolutely, but that's it's a true. good thing for small businesses, and that's why a small business can compete well with a corporation because nimble. yes, the corporation has some advantages in terms of being able to work on a large scale and have buying the benefits strength. of scale, right. buying strength, and things like that. But it's not going to be maneuverable and agile mm-hmm. and responsive to the market in the way that a new small company can do that. One eight five five four five zero free. Maybe you work for the post office. You've got some thoughts you want to share. We'd love to hear from you on the if you're on the inside or maybe you've been on the inside before. One eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. And of course, the postal service bureaucrats are going to lobby against these cuts. They don't want to get their paychecks cut. They don't want to not. I mean, I'm sure they'd rather not work half the week, but at the same time, they want to collect the same amount of money for it. So more coming up here. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advanced work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring up whatever you want. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And we invite you to our website, freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features you'll find there. Uh, They are free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. What you'll do is you'll see Amazon links there, one for the U.S., U.K., Canada, Germany. You click into the right one for you, and then just get your shopping done. When you enter through those Amazon links you find there at shop.freetalklive.com, it basically alerts Amazon with a cookie on your system that essentially says uh, that you came through Free Talk Live's portal, and they cut Free Talk Live a portion of the profits from their sale. It's a great way to get the shopping done, get the stuff that you need, and the stuff that you want as well. 
and help Free Talk Live at the same time and get the same great deals you're used to. You're just entering through our portal through shop.freetalklive.com. And if you've got a website, you know how important it is for people to visit the site, whether it's for better results in search engines, advertising, or just to get out your message. You need all the hits that you can get. Mobsterhits.com is going to make you an offer you can't refuse. A family-friendly web traffic exchange, ftl.mobsterhits.com, can riddle your site full of views, and you can even make some money by joining the family as an associate. Sign up for free at ftl.mobsterhits.com now. Free one-month upgrade if you sign up now. Listeners with liberty-oriented sites can get anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 hits for free. You can find out the details at ftl.mobsterhits.com. Dot com. Our number here tonight is one eight five five four five zero free. We're talking about the just pathetic postal service hemorrhaging over three billion dollars in cash between April and June, and they can't make what is called a legally required five point five billion dollar payment in September to a health benefits trust fund. Now, when the government says it's required for you to make a payment. They'll lock your ass in a cage if you don't make the payment. Do you think they're going to lock the postmaster general up if he doesn't make this payment? This is their people. They they look after each other. They watch each other's backs. This is a gang. Right. So what you're going to see here is if we they, are not part of the gang. You know, they'll call us citizens and stuff to make it sound like we're part of the gang. Mm-hmm. We're not part of the mm-hmm. gang. You're just a subject. Right. That's citizens, a code word for subject. And in fact, if you listen to the police on their police scanners, they always call you subjects. <laughs> not suspect. Right. Subject. It's very telling. Five point five billion dollar payment is what they're supposed to make. They can't make it. And the federal government has to make what they call substantial legislative change to how the Postal Service operates in order for them to even have a ghost of a chance at making that $5.5 billion payment. But again, that payment's due in September. So there's no way, no way that they're going to be able to get it together, pass legislation, and make it so that this this company, this sort of public-private weird hybrid company that is known as the post office that has a monopoly on first class mail there's no way they can get it together even if they passed the legislative change tomorrow that made it so the postal service could cut down some from say six days per a week of delivery to three essentially having the costs of uh of delivering even if they could have those costs they're not going to be able to save up that 5.5 billion dollars in a month and a half's time or a month you know actually they, they, they could raise the uh postage stamp rate to three bucks or something like that (laughs) yeah of course if they raise the rates then more people are going to decide to send an email rather than send postal mail which of course is one of the reasons why the postal service is having such a hard time in the first place who the hell needs them anymore you can get your bills online what else really what else i'm just trying to it's being propped up by junk mail like junk mail is the bulk of it and even that is subsidized or even that is mostly subsidized by other people being yeah other people sending that are buying stamps at the at the civilian rate, <laughs> right? The so subject rate. I'm just trying to think. What have I used the postal service for in recent times that would have been? Let's see. Aside from junk mail, let's see. I, there are the occasional people that will send their uh, their bumper sticker request in. So they'll send us a self addressed stamped envelope. We'll send back a bumper sticker. There's that. Aside from that, and aside from court paperwork. I can't really think of anything that I use the Postal Service for. What about you? Um, 
I send postcards to people in jail. Oh, okay, right. There you go. Yeah, mail to jail. <laughs> mail to jail.com. That's still useful. The postal service is useful. So, like, again, governmental interaction. Interacting with the yeah, state. Yeah, when, when you have to interact with it through the government. Or when I'm trying to avoid... Um, like when I'm trying to avoid too many electronic transactions, which I'm trying to do less of lately, and mm-hmm. so I mail some things. I mail uh, payments sometimes and stuff. But it, it's usually because I'm having to deal with government in some way, shape, or form that it's very unpleasant, and I, I deal with it. <laughs> so, again, they're not going to be able to make this payment. So what's going to happen then? If the Postal Service can't make this legally required $5.5 billion payment, they're, remember, they're losing a billion dollars per month. Just out the window, losing that kind of cash. They owe five point you know, five billion. What's going to happen if they a, can't make that payment? A billion here, a billion there. Before long, is we're talking real money. Well, it's going to be a bailout, right? I mean, that's yeah. what's going to have to happen. The federal government is going to have to pony up money, which is your money. They're going to have to print, maybe print some more, like Green, Greenspan suggested. Print some cash out. Send, uh, you know, ten billion over the postal service so they can make their payment to this health benefits trust fund. And at the same time, maybe they'll consider making a change in legislation. But the point being. They aren't going to be legally required to pay this because, as you say, it's they're all the same team. Yeah. Here in – just as a smaller example, here in Little Keene, New Hampshire, where we do this radio program, there's a district court building. Now, the district court actually rents space from the city of Keene. So there's these different governmental municipal entities, these governmental corporations. There's the city of Keene. There's the district court. They're, they're separate entities within the, you know, the auspices of the umbrella of the state of New Hampshire. So – for a while, they were charging the district court rent, but turns out the court system is, you know, well, failing miserably, like all government programs fail over time. And the court system, despite extracting thousands of dollars per day from the poor, innocent victims that are picked up for things like possession of marijuana or alcohol or something like that, running a stop sign. If you've ever sat in an arraignment, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It happens nationwide. Go sit in an arraignment on a Monday morning and listen to the types of cases that are in there. It's just the court system just ringing that cash register. I mean, they're yeah. ringing that cash register just, all they're day. They're railroading people through. It just And just, you know, all kinds of plea deals. Nothing's getting – most of it is not getting taken to – to the to the to court. It's right. just plea deals to ching to ching to ching. And despite all of that money coming in, they still can't make it work. Just like the post office with all that business for, you know, transferring things from here to there, they still can't make it work. This local court couldn't get the rent paid. Basically, it came to the point where the court could not pay the rent. <laughs> they 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 have to shut down here in New Hampshire. They're shutting down the New Hampshire courts once a month for one day every month for an unpaid furlough. Those bureaucrats aren't getting paid for that one day out of the month. Now that's not a huge deal, but it's something. It's an indicator to show that this is an organization that's on the cliff, like it's on the edge yeah. of the cliff, and a little bit of a push is going to send it over. And, and it's so, more complicated than the federal stuff. Like you said, the, the post office will just get a bailout. Mm-hmm. It's a little more. It's a lot more complicated. There's a lot of bureaucracy to go through for them to get bailed out in some way, shape, or form. Well, in this case, they uh, did the get a little bailout. The state can't print money yet. Well, you know, right, the state right. the could state, then try to go and get a bailout. It's yeah. true. The state can't print money. But in this case, they did get a little bailout because basically what happened was the city of Keene decided to waive their rent. Yeah. So, uh, so instead of having to pay rent now, they got a, basically a $0, like a $1 uh, rent. Yeah, from from the city. So that's essentially kind of what the federal government's doing here. They're bailing the. They're going to have to bail the post office out, and of course that's not going to save them. It's only again going to prolong the inevitable. Forestalling disaster. Let's go to you and your thoughts. You can bring up what you want. Ben is on the line in Chicago. Hey Ben. 
I hear an echo, which probably means there's an open line, and now he's gone. (laughs) All right, so 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. What else do you say about this? I mean, here in July, there's one more little bit of info, according to the AFP, about the post office. It unveiled plans to identify nearly 3,700 underused post offices around the United States for possible closure. So they're talking about shutting down thousands of locations, they're ta- which, of course, is going to make it more difficult you know, for you to get your package. You'll still be forced to use them for all those services, but right. the services will get, start to suck worse and worse. Hey, yeah. Have you ever gotten one of those slips, the little pink slips in, in your mailbox where uh, they – oh, you weren't here. So where we I need got you fired? To come. Oh, right. No, no, from the post office where it says, uh, well, we tried to deliver this package to you, but you weren't here. So now you need to come to us and you have to go down to the post office. You have to show them the slip with identification. Oh, yeah. I remember having to do it recently. It was – Huge pain in the butt. Right. So now they're going to give you one of these slips. If they go through this plan, close 3,700 locations, maybe you won't have a post office in your town anymore. Maybe you have to drive two towns over in order to get there. And that means everybody else has to drive two towns over as well. So now the lines are going to be three times as long. Right. If you thought the lines and the waiting was bad now, wait until they close 3,700 stores. one 450 free Of course, they're going to get their bailouts. They probably won't have to do any of this right away. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via our new toll-free number. It's 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features. They are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, You get to control the content of the site, so you find something online you think is interesting, you want to uh, share it with our listeners, share it with us. You submitted a show prep to the website, and at that point, uh, others can vote on whether or not they like or dislike. You get to vote on things as well, but people vote, and the most voted up uh, items will make it to the front page and the top of the site. So more people are likely to see it. We're more likely to talk about it. Go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Let's talk about the wisdom of crowds. Of course, they I'm kidding. They don't really have wisdom. Crowds uh, historically have been less than intelligent. Swarm uh, behavior. Yeah, it's a mob mentality, mob rule, uh, groupthink, etc. It's really bad. And if you want an example of how bad, just how bad, look over to London, where violence, according to the AFP, is escalating uh, across London yesterday. or I guess today, excuse me, saying Tuesday, so it's being written in the early morning uh, hours over there. Say eight o'clock Eastern time right now. So over in London, I think it's what one a.m. something like that. I think it's five hours off right now. That sounds uh, about right. Yeah, riot police fighting thousands of youths, torching properties, 
and looting shops as Prime Minister David Cameron headed back from his Tuscany holiday to face the mounting crisis. In some of the worst rioting in the capital in years, buildings were in flames in Croydon, Peckham and Lewisham and south of the city, while gangs of looters roamed the streets of Hackney in the east, Clapham in the south, Camden in the north, and Ealing in the west. This is huge. Yeah. This is chaos. Hundreds of riot police poured into Hackney to try to contain the violence in a district just a few miles from where the Olympics will take place in a year's time. As darkness fell, police wielding batons pushed the youths back while local residents hoping to return to their homes were kept behind police cordons. In Croydon, an entire block of buildings, including a 100-year-old family furniture business, was ablaze, sending raging flames leaping into the night sky. Just outside of Croydon's town center, hordes of looters roamed the streets unchallenged while the smell of burning cars and buildings hung over the air. The violence first erupted on Saturday in the multi-ethnic neighborhood of Tottenham in North London. Why? After a man was shot dead by police two days earlier. So that's what sparked all of this. The violence of the police sparked more violence senseless violence. I mean, the violence of the police was probably senseless as well. I don't know all the details of that particular case. Let's go, let's go out on a limb here and presume that the police done wrong in this, in this case, as they so many times do. They shoot the it's wrong person. It's hard to believe, but... They, they use too much force, uh, excessive force. They, uh, you know, they, they don't, they're not using discretion where they should. Let's, let's say the police did the wrong thing. Like People are justified at being angry about what the cops did in this particular case. Does that justify setting a family furniture store on fire? Does that justify burning cars in the streets? Does that justify all of this? It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's it's just it's a perfect example of why it is that violence doesn't solve the problem of the government's violence. And we talk about it all the time on Free Talk Live. People will call into the show. So we got to rise up against these government people. Got to arm and up. And look what's happening is more police violence in response. Yeah. You know, uh, they're arresting. They've arrested 160 people now. It's nothing's. It's not making things better. Right. And even if even if uh, you know more people end up getting arrested, then right, you're filling up the jails. So that's not solving a problem you're then putting violent people in with more violent people in jail that's not going to solve any problem it's not going to correct anybody and at the same time you've got all this destruction around you you've got the police going crazy now i mean when the when the cops uh, get hurt and cops are inevitably going to get hurt in in some of these violent incidents it's just going to outrage the cops even more the cops are going to be more even like more likely to use more force than they perhaps might have been before because now they feel even more justified. People are attacking them. So the cops are going to retaliate. The crowd's going to retaliate. The cops are going to retaliate. Where, where does it end? Does it, where, when, when does a situation like this come to a close? Is it just when people get tired and they want to go and you know, get high or something like that? I mean, what, what, have a few drinks? When does the violence in this case stop? What does it take? I, don't know. I guess we're going to watch. We're going to find out because, I mean, half the city's on fire, it seems like. They're going down this just laundry list of places where buildings are just burning. And I'm surprised that they haven't mentioned the word anarchists in this article yet. Because you know that some of these people are going to be calling themselves anarchists, right? The ones that yeah. are throwing flaming it's, Molotov cocktails. It's really cocktails. unfortunate, but that's the impression a lot of people have. Yeah. So, and 
And unfortunately, it, it contributes to the notion that that anarchy means chaos. It's not really what it means. That's a that's a it's been given that name because the government wants you to think that the sky will right. fall if there's no government. But uh, but uh, unfortunately, they they help they help it that uh, they they help that definition to stick when they act like this. Well, look what's happening when there is government. You've got chaos right now. It's chaos in London. Buildings are aflame. Cars are aflame. People are in the streets. There's looting all over the place. That's chaos, isn't it? I mean, isn't that a, you know? Wouldn't that fit the description of chaos for most people? Yeah, that's awful. And the government's there. The government hasn't stopped this. They're powerless to prevent it. I mean, yeah, they've got their uh, their thugs out in the streets with their black uniforms and their you know their clubs and, uh, and their shields. They're doing what they feel like they can do, but they're the government. <laughs> The government police versus a crowd of thousands of looters, a crowd of thousands of uh, violent-minded crazies with uh, the the you know the courage of the crowd behind them. People behave differently when there's oh, yeah. a crowd. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. And people behave against crowds differently. They're a lot more reluctant to move against crowds. You know, for obvious right. reasons. I mean, who wants to get who wants to get their you know bones pulled apart by uh, some crazy crowd that is completely unaccountable for their actions? I mean, how do you how do you hold these people accountable? You've got two two thousand people in the streets. I mean, again, I'm just I I'm I'm speculating on this. I don't know how many people are in what streets. There are lots of people everywhere apparently doing stuff there, or in a lot of places. But you got two thousand people in the street. Your video camera's not going to be able to pick those people out. You know, right. your security can. There's no way that you're going to know who those people are. They are effectively immune from any kind of late, you know later on prosecution. In those cases, and that's they, why all the looting happens. It's right. opportunistic looting. They're right. like, oh, there's there's chaos. Nothing can be done about it. You know, no, who's looking at me right now grabbing this TV Grab set? Grab a TV you set, know. sure. I mean, we even saw the cops do it after Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans. That was yeah. a real eye-opener, I think, for some people. Watching <laughs> yeah. the police go into Walmart and load up a shopping cart full of stuff and walk out the door. Right, yeah. Grabbing yeah. some jewelry while they're at it. Well, it's like, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like, well, supposedly people say, well, it's supplies to help people. And I, I would understand <laughs> if that were the case. But you could tell that some of the stuff they were taking it no. was not. Mm-hmm. No. In fact, a lot of those cops didn't even show up on, uh, for, their, for their shift. They, they went looting rather than show up to work. And they, they essentially walked yeah. out of their jobs. Yeah. So this whole idea that you know, the police are going to be there when you need them is, uh, is pretty fallacious. In fact, they're not even letting people into their own homes at this point. Uh, again, this is this is being written tonight. This is fresh. This is going on yeah. right now over there. If you're over in the UK and you can give us the inside scoop on what's going on, sure would love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. But as I mentioned, it's been a frequent topic of discussion on this show because the, the idea of violence and the fact that it doesn't work to solve problems. It's been a frequent topic of discussion here because I used to think it would work. You know, I, I come from that perspective. A like, lot of libertarians right. think that. I mean, it makes sense. You just got to apply it in the right way, you know, you know, as long as you, you know. Well, look at the past. I mean, they, you, you can look at the past and say, well, they used violence in the revolution and that can, good things came out of that. And you know, they can kind of point to areas in, in time where it, it seems like violence worked. But ultimately, it doesn't. Well, it, it's, it's you know you'll hear people say, for instance, that had it not been for the Civil War, slavery, you know, that's what ended slavery. It's except that everywhere else in the world, they ended it without wars. For the and, most part, yeah. You know, and so the idea that 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 you know that's the only way that slavery would have ended, or even that it would have ended, 
as fast. It might have ended faster uh, in a nonviolent means. Without the 600,000 deaths or whatever it was, wasn't it about 600,000? Oh, it's one of the bloodiest wars in in history, yeah. So, yeah, we might have had slavery end on its own and not had to lose half a million people. And not to mention that slavery was the excuse after the fact. They just wanted to do the violence for other reasons. There's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. More on violence up next. Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand. Featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can bring out whatever you want. We've been talking about the failing post office, uh, the violence over in the U.K., you, of course, can take control of these airwaves, 855-450-FREE, and you need to know about Bitcoin. We've been talking about uh, possibly you know, some other options to put your money rather than just leaving it in Federal Reserve notes. Uh, you were just reading some stunning numbers uh, with this Bank of America oh, situation. Which I think, uh, you know, the way they keep merging with everything, it literally is going to be the Bank of America. I hope you're wrong about that, <laughs> but I, it's a reasonable speculation. But they are hurting big time today. Oh my God! Major drops. The article in their can't stock, even keep right? up with the rate and the drop in the stock. It appears to me, and, and I'd love it if someone wants to correct me to please call in and correct me. But mm-hmm. it's like they wrote this article saying Bank of America stock plunges twenty percent, but then the chart shows fifty percent. So it's as if the article, you know, the article was written, you know, in the in a few, you know, uh, earlier. It, uh, yeah, earlier, and then it and then it went uh, well a lot more. Jeez. So I I don't know. I, you know I'm, I'm curious if I'm reading this wrong. Well, there are options for you outside of the U.S. dollar, and one of them is Bitcoin. Now, to be fair, the Bitcoin has gone down a little bit in the last uh, few days. It's it's dropped below $10. It had gone as high as 30-something. It's now... Uh, well, was it terribly long ago? It was like 30 cents. That's true. It was maybe, uh, <laughs> so it's, maybe it's, about it's eight It's corrected. Months. There's been corrections, and there's been the things, and uh, it's still... Well, is correction even the right word for Bitcoin? I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, I guess it's just, it's, it's, hard. it's just a, it's, it's really just unpredictable. A, that's really just a, a, a it's an opinion. Yeah. Calling it a correction means that maybe, you know, if something shoots up very quickly, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's, there's a sense that, uh, that, that, you know, there's, that, that, that it's overshot. And then when right. it corrects back to something a little lower, that that's more of an accurate. Market. It's likely that it's yeah. not going to keep shooting up, right? Yeah. It's going to stop at some point. And uh, so Bitcoin's down at this point a little bit. It's down below 10 bucks. I think it was like at $8 the last time I looked. But the thing about Bitcoin is there's no time for the market to close. The Bitcoin market never closes. Yeah, it's 24 hours a day. <laughs> right. It, you know, it's it's going to be at a different price when you go to sleep as opposed to when you well, wake up. Well, it's because what it comes down to is that it's it's an open currency to, you know, that, right. that anybody can offer to buy them at whatever price. You it's know, anyone worldwide. can offer to sell them if they have some at whatever price. And if someone is willing to pay that price, 
price. So it's uh, yeah, it's not deal. like there's no single entity that's setting the price of bitcoins. It's just Correct. it is truly the market price based on there are people out there that are uh, willing to sell bitcoins for that much money, and so that's how much it will cost you to buy them. And it's an exciting. You know. It really is an exciting new uh, currency, and it's just completely decentralized. There is, as you pointed out, there is yeah. no bitcoin company. It's just a, an idea that was essentially there are a created. lot of bitcoin companies. Essentially, it's a, it's well, right. there are a lot that are but buying no one or selling or offering it. services. And right, there are bit, there are companies that have been created regarding the bitcoin, yes. using the bitcoin, featuring the bitcoin. Right. But there is no bitcoin central office. No one has. It's, it's not a bitcoin authority. Yeah, yeah you can't target <laughs> them for uh, to take them out. In fact, that's one of the real strengths of the currency. Uh, and of course, it is anonymous and free to use and free to accept and free from inflation forever. And you can use them anywhere in the world. So learn more over at weusecoins.org. Uh, that's weusecoins.org. Because one thing you can count on is that dollar that you have, those dollars, their, their value is not going to stay the same. It's going to go down. That's 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 something you can Whereas count on. Whereas bitcoins are capped off, they can't inflate yeah. beyond a certain point because there is a cap on how many there can be. Exactly. Weusecoins.org as we continue here with your phone calls. More about violence in a little bit, but Harley's on the line in Minnesota. Harley, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, you know, if you're looking at around the world, you see a lot of protests that are peaceful and organized. You see some that obviously are violent and have looting and that kind of thing. Um, Looking here at the Liberty Movement, people like Ron Paul are advocating a pretty solid foreign policy. And I think a lot of peaceful methods that a lot in the Liberty Movement can agree with. Mm -hmm. But um, in the past, we saw the Tea Party get raided by the so-called Republican base. What do you think neocons like Michelle Bachman trying to emulate, you know, Ron Paul will do to the movement. You think she's trying to emulate Ron Paul? I mean, this is the same, isn't this the same woman who signed some sort of a crazy religious zealot pledge saying she wanted to, what was it, outlaw homosexuality and like ban pornography or something like that? I mean, I know for sure it was banning pornography, which leads yeah. me to believe she's less than friendly that. towards gays. Uh, so, yeah, that, she doesn't even seem to be close to Ron Paul. Are you suggesting that because she has said something about reading Mises that she's somehow pandering to the, the Paul supporters? Yeah, um, you know, I listen to other shows, not the plug, but Hannity, um, just to kind of see what's going on in that side of things. Yeah. And, you know, the, the the wording she uses and the way she reaches out, it sounds like the same way that she went to the Tea Party. You know, we need to lower taxes, we need to do this. It sounds like she's doing with what's the Liberty new? Movement. It's classic. It's classic politics. To do, you know, the, the, and it's the uh, the right is notorious for trying to exploit libertarianism to for you know try to it's like faux libertarianism they they toss out buzzwords all the time mm-hmm. and they really distort people's notions of what libertarians are and that's why a lot of people have this notion of libertarians as being like ultra right wing because they they discover libertarians uh, the idea of libertarianism from right wingers that are misrepresenting it horribly and so there's really that's why it's so hard to work to dispel the notions of of what libertarianism is when it's uh, been taught to people by right-wingers who are trying to exploit it. Now, Harley, uh, were you paying attention to the 2000 presidential campaign with George Bush? I would have been 
Eleven. Ah, okay. That was one. Of, that was my way around asking you how old you were. So, uh, so if you go back and you look at what uh, George Bush's campaign was like, he sounded pretty liberty oriented. I mean, the guy actually said he didn't want oh, a yeah. nation build. He was, yeah, he was totally. He sounded like he had a totally non intrusive foreign policy. Right. He and- seemed peace oriented as far as foreign policy was concerned. I remember specifically seeing a huge sign on the corner of Main Street in, uh, I think it was Fruitville in uh, Sarasota, where there was this humongous sign: "George Bush, smaller government." I mean, the whole sales pitch was about smaller government. He was coming in after Bill Clinton, and Bill Clinton, you know, is a big government Democrat. And- and so, you know, small government George Bush is going to come on in there and uh, going to take care of things. And it's just nonsense every single time. So I, I'm sorry. What, what you've said about Michelle Bachman or whoever these people are that are running for political office sounds like more of the same it's to me. It's so empty. If I, if, if I do hear any rhetoric at all that sounds like liberty – uh, support for liberty, it's just going to sound so empty to me. So is your, what is your concern, that people who are already in the liberty movement are going to be somehow swayed by these folks? Well, it's public uh, perception going to be. I mean, do you think Ron Paul is going to do more for, say, let's apply to the Free State Project? Would Ron Paul do more for the Free State Project than Michelle Bachman could do against it by being neoconservative, by being, you know, obviously um, not exactly what we're looking for and, and having those views that we might not agree with opportunists or do you think Ron Paul's strong views and principles will benefit the free state project? I, I find it strange that you would ask about the free state project. What is it? Yeah. What, I what think that a to do big connection. I mean, Ron Paul well, has endorsed the free state project. So I think that's going to do a few things for the, for the free state project. I think it's likely that uh, Ron Paul may come and speak at something like say the Liberty forum in 2012 uh, which I know that they're planning right now. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll bring you back here in a moment, Harley, and we can continue this, because I don't know if I really understand the relevance of that question. Maybe I'm just missing an important point. Eight, uh, 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. The toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. Dale's here courtesy of his website, FlamingFreedom.com. His show is Prometheus Unchained. It's a weekly program dedicated to LGBT slanted issues. I'm still not sure how best to describe it. LGBT issues from a liberty perspective. LGBT issues from a liberty perspective. Yeah. That's good stuff. And it is a great show, and I highly recommend everybody check it out. You don't have to be gay. Sometimes we just get silly and talk about boys and... <laughs> but mostly we do it's uh, not an all boy we do show, make a though. point to talk about uh like we like we, we uh we talked about um some interesting stuff uh some interesting controversies around ron paul lately and yeah you don't have to be gay to know. enjoy uh to enjoy yeah. prometheus unchained and it's not an all boys show sometimes no, no, stephanie murphy's no, no, we, here sometimes mm-hmm. buzz is here buzz and stephanie are our regular co-hosts right. uh, on the show so 
So head on over to, uh, again, flamingfreedom.com to get more of Dale. Our number here, 855-450-FREE. We've got Harley on the line in Minnesota. Now, Harley, uh, you're, you're expressing some concern about these politicians pandering to the liberty perspective using terms that, you know, that sound like, make them sound like they know a thing or two about freedom or that they care a whit about it. And uh, you're worried about how that's going to somehow result to, as far as the Free State Project, I'm confused. Well, the Liberty Movement in general. Let's let's say um, your typical blue dog Democrat supporter. Here's your typical Republican trying to ride the popularity of Ron Paul, who's really the leading mainstream Liberty candidate. Mm-hmm. Do you think that can hurt their view of the Liberty Movement in general? Yeah. I, mean, I, you, you, I think that's what I was talking about. Is that what you're referring to? The idea that they're misrepresenting liberty? They're they're claiming to yeah. be a liberty person, and in fact, they're right-wing? And it, that's and what I'm hearing. You're saying that uh, Michelle Bachman and these other characters getting out and talking about liberty and then imposing fascism uh, once they get into office, you're worried that there are going to be some Democrats looking at that and saying, see, this liberty stuff isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I heard Michelle Bachman speaking, and she basically, you know, oh, we need to watch out for our civil liberties. We need to make sure that we go back to the Constitution. You know, great job on those enhanced interrogation techniques. Yeah. That's, well, I totally it's a rampant problem. It happens yeah. all the time. I feel like we're constantly on the defensive to yeah. uh, explain to people and clarify for people that libertarianism is not right-wing. It is yes. not the ultra-right-wing uh, you know, right wing of Republicans. That's the impression they have. Absolutely. It is a very common impression out there is that, uh, in fact, frequently you'll hear people say things like, well, the libertarians and conservatives or I'm a libertarian leaning conservative. And there's frequently the term libertarian is very closely associated with the term conservative. And I think you're right that uh, what, some of what you're pointing out is is contributing to that. Um, it, you know, it also doesn't help that you know, some some liberty minded people come from the conservative viewpoint and many of them tend to be the more active, I think, in the Libertarian Party. And so therefore you look at the Libertarian Party, which is kind of one of the the more visible wings of the, the whole movement, and you see what has basically become conservatism light, uh, yeah. which, you know, what, it didn't used to be that way. The Libertarian Party was founded by principled people for the purpose of getting uh, people educated to the ideas of liberty, but because because they've been taken over by these conservative types, uh, now you know it's been completely well, and they watered also, down. And, and I think there's this generation, uh, or you know, of people who are trying to play the political game and win it, and they have this impression that that they're going to go in and somehow alter the message a little bit and actually win elections on any substantial scale. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are, libertarians are winning very you know little races here and there, but. But, uh, uh, you know, they have this notion that they're going to go in and change the strategy and start winning elections. You know, oh, we just need to moderate our message down right. and we can start winning elections. And I'm like, you're in a you're in a two party system. There are two big major parties and everyone else is a joke. And that's what it's always going to be. If the, if you ever did that, you're you know, you, you, you basically would just uh, you would just have that party would have to get big enough to actually just replace the other party, which, you know. So so let's let's move to a solution here because what you've pointed out is it's you've accurately I think at this point pointed out a problem and that is that these politicians poison uh the liberty movement by acting like they're part of it and of course we all know it's a bunch of crap 
Uh, but that doesn't you – know, us knowing the truth doesn't really help, right? Uh, what, what the problem is is that uh, we have to counteract their, their misinformation somehow. And, of course, people are more likely to pay attention to these politicians than they are to you or me. Uh, so it's much more difficult for us to counteract this misinformation, which is one of the reasons why I've just given up on the Libertarian Party, for instance. Like I just – I quit uh, a few years back, back in the 2008 – Campaign. I'm always quick to point out when I ever, if I ever use the word libertarian, which I tend to not use. I try not to these days. I'm yeah. very careful to say small L libertarian. I'm not, I'm not a libertarian party member. Uh, but I, t- I try to say lib- a liberty oriented person or a li- someone who loves liberty. I say things like that as opposed to tr- going into the political side of it. So what can we do to, I guess, deal with this because you know you're not going to be able to convince these people to stop pandering the politicians you can count on them to continue doing it's what they've serving been doing. them well yeah to do that right they like to people to believe that they're they're you know looking at small government and oriented towards more freedom and of course then they get elected and they do the complete uh opposite of that so so how can you counteract that do you have any ideas well i think you guys are doing a great job in uh in new hampshire um Civil uh, civil disobedience and um, you know stuff going on at Thomas Jefferson's before the memorial, the dance party, that kind of thing, getting national light on it. I think highlights the people that are serious about it, the non politicians, the non politicos, opposed yeah. to the opportunists. I don't know if uh, if I think civil disobedience is a particularly enlightening activity for people. I think that. Civil disobedience is something that can spark conversation that can lead to people becoming informed. I think that civil disobedience is, you know, it's essentially a spectacle. It's designed to yeah. get attention. To, to be to be the most effective, it, it it should garner media attention and things like that. Right, and and that media attention should interview the people involved so they can actually speak out about what their viewpoint is. If you just have civil disobedience. Then it doesn't, you know, it just and, upsets people, and it doesn't. You know, if, you, if it's just a civil disobedience in a vacuum, there's no discussion. There has to be a discussion. It, it doesn't mean yeah. anything for somebody to get arrested for standing in front of a police car, for instance, like I did, without knowing why uh, they stood in front of the police car and why it was right uh, mm-hmm. to stand in front of the police car. And all that happens with discussion in a lot of cases. One of the net downsides of civil disobedience is if it doesn't get that attention and there isn't that discussion, then it just seems like rabble rousing. So it's a tough. Uh, it's also a big price to pay for not if you don't get something out of it. No, yeah, there's no yeah. doubt about that. So my suggestion would be: I think you're obviously already aware of the, uh, the Free State Project and the successes that we've had here. And the reason why the Free State Project is going to be a success is because of the thousands of people who really love liberty, who understand that the politicians are pandering. And who get this, you know, who understand this message, those people can connect with everybody else. They can connect with the people who are seeing the politicians speaking and they can tell them, well, that's BS. Well, that's nonsense. Well, here's the truth. Here's what liberty really is all about. Or, you know, to explain to folks how their lives would would benefit from having more freedom, point to real life examples of people like Ron Paul or some of the people that maybe have been elected on a more local level in New Hampshire and show how what they're doing is actually advancing freedom. Uh, and and really just it's a one on one personal education process that is really the only way you'll be able to combat what the mainstream media puts out there as the uh, the uh, the alleged ideas of liberty this kind of faux liberty as uh, as Dale was talking about before so Harley thanks for the call and the thoughts I appreciate it one eight five five four five zero free that's eight five five four five zero 
3733. I mean, Dale, can you think of any other solutions to combat what this, you know, all this misinformation by the politicos and the, the mainstream media? Uh, we, our own media, you know, that's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We, you know, stuff like this show and, uh, and other shows like it is uh, getting, you know, our own media out there and, and, you know, it's a constant battle to reach people. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, try to reach out broadly and not target too narrowly and get the message to enough people that get your message out however you can get on the radio get on the television shoot out some youtube videos uh you know get the learnliberty.org we'll tell you more about them here in a little bit run a political campaign yourself get your word out and call these people onto the carpet i think politics is a very valuable communications medium not so valuable at other things it's free talk live do you want to take back control of your own money then take a look at bitcoin Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at WeUseCoins.org. That's WeUseCoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. You may dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. You can visit the wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, W-I-K-I wiki. Freetalklive.com will get you there. You can edit virtually anything you see there. That's the point of a wiki. Wiki.freetalklive.com. And have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too darned expensive? Well, jurisdictionary.com is the course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. And until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. And it costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And their four-CD course is so easy that the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. You can go to Jurisdictionary.com, download their free tools they have there for you, including their free legal flowchart, weekly tips and tactics newsletter, free legal dictionary, free videos, and you can, of course, buy their course over at Jurisdictionary.com. Use their pull-down menu when you check out to let them know you heard about it on Free Talk Live. That's Jurisdictionary.com. As we continue here, our number once again, one eight five five four five zero free. Back to the riots which are going on as we speak in England. Uh, according to the story at the AFP, there are buildings on fire uh, in a lot of different locations. Uh, Croydon, Peckham, Peckingham, or Peckham rather, Lewisham, Clapham, Camden. Uh, there are looters roaming the streets. All over the place. Thousands, they're saying. Hundreds of riot police have attempted to contain the violence. In some cases, these looters are completely, you know, there's no no police anywhere to be seen. So the idea that the police are somehow going to put a stop to this is silly. The, the looters it, it, and the, the rioters odds of police the actually showing up seem to be inversely proportional to the actual 
the danger? need for some police, the danger, <laughs> exactly. I mean, the more dangerous yeah. it is, the less likely they're actually going to show up. They're more likely going to show up when they can just show up and write a ticket, well, uh, right. get some revenue. Well, they'll uh, show up in mass, yeah. right? Because, again, they're yeah. bullies. The police are bullies. Yeah. And so they'll show up as a gang in their riot gear, but they're not going to spread little groups of them out in the different areas to attempt to control people. No, they're just going to focus on certain areas that they consider more valuable than others. Yeah. And to the rest of everybody else, well, to hell with you. Oh, wait, you can't have firearms in london oops so i guess you can't just uh, defend your own store so pretty right. much you're screwed you are essentially at the mercy of the crowd if you're in england if you're in the london area right now if you have a business for instance that fortunately hasn't been torched you haven't had uh, somebody bust in the front window throw in a molotov cocktail some of these so-called anarchists that are likely running around out there causing all this all these problems yeah now, why did this happen? Well, it's allegedly because somebody got shot by some cops. Now, I'm going to jump to you know jump to the conclusion and say these cops probably did the wrong thing. We've seen plenty of instances of police abuse. It wouldn't surprise me if the cops did wrong in this case. But destroying the city isn't going to solve that problem. That destroying a business, setting a hundred year old furniture store on fire, isn't going to make the cops behave better. I don't. Do you really think anyone thinks that? No. Yeah, no, no, I, no. I mean, the they people just want doing to destroy this, things. Yeah, so I, I wonder what's really at the root of this. Does it make you wonder what's really at the root of this? Do you think Good it's question. because of police? Uh, I mean, because I think, um, you know, there's so much going on that it, it feels like there's a lot of psychic negativity building up. And I don't mean that in like a magic way or mm-hmm. anything. I just mean, you know, general collective in the media and the realization of what's going on with the economy and the way people are talking to each other. It's this negativity building up and, uh, and, so, and it just maybe you just sent it over the edge recently. You know, no I doubt think about people, it. people are scared uh, and, and feel like nothing is stable and nothing is uh, means, right. it, you know, the well, stability is gone. Yeah, and when you back them. the animal into a corner, then at some point it may attack, right? Yeah. And so people are getting pushed to the edge. And I remember there was, uh, it was a few years back, there was a protest, I think it was like a an immigration protest of some sort out in the L.A. area. And it was the video footage we were talking about at the time was the police were just coursing through this uh, this area of this park where there were news media vans parked. And they encountered news media. And in their sweep through this area, they were grabbing cameras from the, the cameramen. They took this, you know, $50,000 monster professional video camera out of this cameraman's hands and threw it on the ground. Wow. And, I mean, they were just uh, just openly abusing the, the news media in this particular case. And it was all on camera. You know, there's a helicopter shot of this happening. So they did all these things. And they interviewed folks uh, later. Some, somebody interviewed some folks with a regular video camera, I think, just asked them – you know, how they felt about what happened on that day. And there were a number of comments from folks like, you know, one of these days they're going to push and people are going to push back. One of these days they're going to push. It's happening in parts of the country and it's getting, yeah, it's, it's getting worse and worse. And yeah, you're right. I think, uh, I think it is going to be that case. So I think that, you know, there's no thought like, well, I'm going to set this furniture store on fire and that's going to change things. No, there's no thinking involved here. It's just animalistic, just destructive behavior and it's it's horrible 
It's horrible to see these things happen. And crowds encourage this kind of behavior because it makes people feel, like you were saying earlier, anonymous. They feel like they're invincible. They feel like you know that they're not going to be held responsible for their uh, for their actions and their strength. There's certainly a strength in numbers, and people act like it. So you've got these uh, people that maybe they've been, like you said. They've been having this anger building up, and who knows what they're angry at. They're probably angry at the police. They're angry at corporations. They're angry at businessmen. They're angry at all kinds you know, of things. A lot of anger starts out that way, very kind of hard to nail down. I think, you know, uh, when I think about what motivated me to come and join Free State Project and things like that and to get active, uh, I, I a lot of that process was taking this sort of indescribable anger uh, that started off, you know, I think very negative and not very productive, uh, potentially uh, leading to violence and stuff because it's it's so undefined and you don't know what what is it that's bothering me and defining it. And once you define it, it, it helps you so much to actually channel that mm. into something useful and something right. productive and not something violent. And uh, what am I angry at? How can I solve and, this? Problem? And I have said before that, uh, you know, you and I, we have a, we have a better understanding of what we're upset about. We know that that the statism is causing all these evil things and 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 uh, encouraging people to be violent. And it's a violent system, and we sure. realize that. And I these think a lot don't. of people they realize it on a subconscious level, though. I think. I think they I think feel they like they're being wrong. had. If you look right. at people, you know, uh, if you look at some of the people, sort of the, the more traditional anarchists, and they and they see these big evil corporations and stuff right. like that, and and they're looking for solutions in weird places, like they're looking for the government to solve these problems or to, you know, uh, they, they see the. I feel like it's just kind of obscure. They don't quite know what they they don't quite get it yet. They don't understand that that, that there's all this aggression. There's all this violent solutions to problems, and the government is at the root of it. And they haven't rejected the violence as they their have own not solution. rejected it, and they have certainly haven't consistently rejected it. They, right. they they feel like you know, in the most overt violence, they might object to, but the uh, the more subtle violence, it's like a whole lot of threats. You know, there's all these threats. You know, so much so much obedience induced by uh, constantly holding threats over people's heads, and they don't see that subtle right. violence. So, like for instance, they might not use violence in their personal life. They might not raise their uh, raise their hand to their children, or they might not raise their hand to their 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 spouse, for instance. But they'll call cops on their spouse or, or their children. Or they'll throw a Molotov cocktail through an open store window, or something like that. Damn those corporations! So I think you're right. There's a lot yeah. of this anger that's being that's been repressed, that's coming out. It doesn't justify what they're doing, but it does to some extent explain it. And ultimately. The example that should be pointed out here is that this isn't helping. It doesn't help. It's not going to solve the problem. The government's not going to go away. Yep. They're not going to, you can go ahead and burn down some buildings and destroy some, somebody's livelihood because that's all that's happening here. You're just destroying the, you know, the lives of these uh, business owners and what they've worked so hard to achieve uh, on a voluntary basis, most of them likely, on a completely consensual basis. I mean, I, I doubt that furniture store was too tied in with the state. Just speculating on that one. Um, but uh, going ahead and destroying things just takes value away from the community. It doesn't add anything I'm to it. I'm just curious, this ri- in these riots, I mean, are they being labeled as anarchists that are doing this? Is I'm that, surprised, is that like I said, I'm surprised I haven't seen the word anarchist in this particular story, but I bet you if you started looking around, uh, I bet you but would see, find I think it. that's a reach to even say, you know, I, I really doubt that, I, I don't know if that much much to do. I don't know if they're even angry at the government per se. 
You know, I think they're just... Well, anarchists aren't even necessarily... The, the people calling themselves anarchists aren't even necessarily angry at the government. In some right. cases they are, but in some cases just angry at say, the man. Know, yeah, you know? sometimes it's capitalism. Right. You know, capitalism is the problem, and we need you know governments to take over these capitalist entities, and, and that way it'd be by the people instead of by, <laughs> instead of by greed and all that stuff. So you can go and... Uh, actually, yeah, I'm looking here for anarchists... In relation to London here, and all I'm finding is that story about the, oh no, London riots, uh, yep, here you go, London riots (laughs) spreading across the city, it was the second uh, link on Google News, a protest in London erupted in a fight between self-proclaimed anarchists and the police, first first line in the story, Uh, more coming up here, that's the International Business Times, and then there's a lot lot more articles uh, to follow that. Hour three's on the way, you can take control, this is Free Talk Live. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. is Free Talk Live. Launching into the third hour of this program, you, as always, can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And, of course, you can bring up whatever you want. We've been talking about everything from the Postal Service inevitable failure to the situation in London where people, as we speak, are in the streets rioting Allegedly because some cops shot somebody, according to the piece on the AFP, and there's a very brief recap here, apparently, of uh, what had occurred with the uh, the gentleman who was shot and killed. Uh, let's see, I, I did have it highlighted here. Ten- uh, tensions remained high in the area following the shooting on Thursday of a 29-year-old Mark Dugan amid fresh doubts about the original account of his death during a police operation against gun crime within the black community. The father of four was shot in a taxi in what was initially said to have been an exchange of gunfire. Reports said it was possible that police officers were not under attack when they opened fire. A independent police complaints commission watchdog group probing the death said it was expected to release the ballistics test results on Tuesday. So effectively, people are saying this is uh, you know this is an unprovoked killing. The police did not need to shoot this man to death, and that he was not in point of fact shooting at the police. The police just blew him away. It's very likely. I I think it seems likely to me. On Sunday, shops were looted and police officers were pelted with stones in the southern district of Brixton and Enfield, Walthamstow and Islington in the north and east, and on Oxford Street in the city center. Uh, they just go on to describe more of this violence uh, that was, was occurring and is still occurring. Buildings are on fire as we speak. Uh, police, uh, I guess one of the police agencies has been set on fire. But it's not mostly government buildings that are being attacked. It's mostly just businesses. It's just whatever happens to be around wherever the angry crowd is. This is the same kind of stupid crowd behavior that you see with, uh, you know, somebody, uh, this group of people that'll go crazy after their sports team wins. Have yeah. you ever seen this? The team wins and people go, they go out and they destroy stuff. 
Yeah. It's just it's just utter madness. And so for everybody out there, they the, just it's like they just got all this energy and they don't have a a direction for it. It just gets start turning over cars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't solve anything. It just gives the police an excuse to come out and do more violence. If you were upset about the police being violent in the first place, what you're doing by being violent in response is feeding into it. Now you've given them the reason, because over in the UK, I don't know if you're aware of this, but in a lot of cases, the police are unarmed. They don't yeah. actually have guns. There are some officers that do, but like your, your average Bobby that's going to get mm-hmm. called to the scene of something, he may not have a, a firearm with him. He might have a taser or something like that. At least that's consistent. You know, one of the, my big criticisms of people who are anti-gun is they're not anti-gun for police and military right. and, and you know, important people. And that's what really bugs me more than anything is this idea that, you know, they say they're anti-gun. I'm like, oh, you Prove know, it. I like to I like to joke with them or, or I don't joke. I like to or it's not a joke so much as a, I like to call them out in a way and go, oh, well, you know, it, you know, I have to admit that uh, if there weren't, you know, if if we just get rid of guns, you know, and, and I and I mentioned police and military and they're like, no, 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 no. I, they would still have guns. It's like, oh, so you're not anti-gun. You're pro elitism. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What do they say to that one? <laughs> uh, you got me. One eight five five four five zero free is the number here, and so the violence continues, the rioting, the uh, the looting continues with no end in sight. Okay, great. So you've successfully destroyed your downtown. Now what are you going to do? What, what? Where does this all go? What is the point of this? Can somebody answer that question? Who's actually maybe been in this crowd? What? What were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you expect would happen when it all settled down? Because eventually, you know, these people that are doing the rioting, uh, I guess unless they just keep rioting and eventually the, the food distributors are going to run out of food and these people are going to get hungry, right? So, like, the rioting can only go on for so They're long. They're not thinking that far ahead, I yeah, guarantee you. No. So it's going to end at some point and people are going to go home and then they're going to probably want to go back to work. And I don't know, maybe they haven't been working during the riots. Maybe businesses haven't been, you know, calling folks in. Maybe they'll still have their jobs. Maybe they won't. Uh, But things aren't going to just be right back to normal. You've destroyed your city. Hmm? And now you got to live in it. You made your bed. Now you got to lie in it. Now you've got to lie in it. And you get to lie in it with an increased police presence. Because the police are now going to have a reason to have guns. And the police are now going to have a reason to, you know, have the black uniforms on and have the, uh, you know, the, the SWAT the team at the gear. ready yeah. and the riot gear, you know, and, and, you know, be in the streets and look like this. They're going to have the reason to do this. So all you've done is you've played into their hands. That's the worst part about the violence. Besides the fact that, in my opinion, it's immoral. Leave my opinion about morality aside. It's impractical because it doesn't solve anything. All it does is continue the original problems that you were trying to do something about. It doesn't make the police friendlier. It doesn't make the police scared. In some cases, the police will get scared. You know, in some cases, the police won't show up for work and they'll leave. But ultimately, your problem isn't solved because you haven't changed a paradigm. The violence just changes the, the landscape. It doesn't change people's minds as long as people have it in their head that police are a good thing. Mm-hmm. We need to have government. 
We need to have police. And look at look at the disaster. I mean, the, the, like you said, that's going to reinforce when police do come out with riot gear and guns, and people are going to be like, "Oh, thank goodness, they're going to protect protect us from right. those crazy rioters." Wasn't well, this why we pay them? We pay them to protect yeah. us, and this is what cr- crash their smash their heads in there, police officers. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. you're going to have the other side too that is re- rioting against the rioters, so to speak, or or ri- rallying against the the rioters. So it's just divisive. I mean, it's it being peaceful is divisive enough, right? Like <laughs> right. Doing, doing peaceful. It's surprising how divisive being peaceful can be. Yeah. People get very upset at uh, peaceful activism because they want to get violent with you. They they want you to be punished. If you look at some of the responses to some of the things we've done up here, some of the outside the system activists have done up here in New Hampshire. You look at some of the anonymous posts on like the the newspaper forum over at freekeen.com and you'll hear people calling for you know round those free staters up, put them in jail, lock them up for a long time. That'll teach them to break our laws. You know, they want violence. Yeah. They that's what they're calling for, but it looks bad for them when they're using violence on those of us who are peaceful. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I'm going to a trial coming up here in less than probably about 36 hours. <laughs> uh, I've got a trial in front of a jury, and it's about so-called obstructing police administration – or excuse me, obstructing government administration was the, the first charge I got. Then I got a resisting arrest. And, yeah, I stood in front of the police car. Yeah, I mean, there's video footage of that. I mean, I'm not going to dispute the facts of that particular uh, occurrence, but I am going to explain why yeah. I did it. And can you imagine how different it would have been if uh, I had not just stood in front of the police car, but took out a sledgehammer and started bashing in the hood of the police car, or maybe attacking the police officers, or you know, doing something yeah. dangerous in that particular instance? Then people would, then they would still be calling for my head. Those who who are the haters, and more people would be calling for uh, for my head as a result of that. So I think that right now, when you've got peaceful interactions, because all I did was stand in front of the police car, and when you've got these peaceful instances of civil disobedience, even the people that disagree with you, a lot of them, you know, they they don't feel, they wouldn't feel right calling for violence against you. It's only the most extreme people that would call for violence against you. But if you got violent, if you get violent in your activism, then, you know, it's but over for what you. What you're getting at is that they, they already want to demonize you they already want to villainize you you know because they've got this notion that right and wrong is defined by the law yes whatever the the state's laws are that's how you define right and wrong which is a fallacious concept but that's that's pretty well beaten into their heads and so they really want uh to demonize you and villainize you and they want to demonstrate like look he look look at the uh, chaos that's ensuing because he's breaking the law Mm -hmm. and uh and so that's that's already a challenge and if you're being violent it really makes it easier really easy for them to do that well and these are people the folks over in london these aren't people who've thought very hard about tactics they're not people who've thought about consequences they're just people who are angry and they want to lash out and destroy and it's in many cases it is a natural feeling kind of tendency it's easy to get angry it's easy to want to break things easy to break things a lot harder to build things and it's uh, 855-450-FREE is the number here. I want to build a movement that is oriented around peace. I don't want these violent agitators around me. I want nothing to do with them. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. 
find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And we invite you to our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got our mobile site. If you've got a smartphone, you can just uh, go to m.freetalklive.com, m as in mobile, .freetalklive.com, and you'll get quick access to our live streams and the podcast as well. It's all free over at m.freetalklive.com. Now, SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI to the phones. And the fun, Elliot, is in Missouri. Elliot, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Dale. Yeah, a couple of comments. Um, your comment about money being backed by violence, that's, that's absolutely true because the value of the dollar is currently determined primarily by a private bank known as the Federal Reserve backed by the taxing power of the federal government, which is uh, basically disguised violence. If you don't pay us, we're going to take your stuff and put you in jail. Yeah, that's what and taxes not say, are. Not to mention it says on there that you you know you must accept this for all debts. And right, that's legal a tender. Demand. Yes. It's a demand. Exactly. It's legal tender. and. Exactly, and this actually occurred under Lyndon Baines Johnson when he went off the silver uh, standard and started issuing Federal Reserve banknotes, which basically is unconstitutional because it abrogates uh, Congress's power to print money to a private bank, the Federal Reserve. Well, Which even if even if Congress were to print money, it still wouldn't be it still wouldn't yeah. be right. Yeah, it's it's still the same situation because it's not backed by anything. So a lot of people don't and, realize what you're talking about right now, though, which is that it is actually a you know this essentially a private organization that has uh, been charged with printing money and and, yeah, and has exactly. incredible uh, incredible power uh, to do so without oversight yeah, and, from the government. And, you know, the, the people have no control over it through Congress. I mean, Congress has no control over the Federal Reserve. They're going to do whatever they please. And it's, but, you know, the, the, the situation uh, with all this economic crap and people pointing fingers at each other, the, situ, the sim, solution is dirt simple. It's very simple. What's that? It's My proposal is anybody that's on Medicare or Social Security stays on it. No changes. We have a contract with you. You paid money in for years for this. Probably not as much as you're going to draw out, but that's neither here nor there. Well, as just a what point of clarification. I want, I want you to finish your solution, but a point of clarification. I never entered into a contract. I don't know about you. Well, you did if you paid Social Security tax. No, that, uh, no, to enter into a contract. Wouldn't have I had any choice to not pay that. Right. No, no, to enter into <laughs> yeah, a contract <laughs> requires both sides being able to understand the terms and come to a meeting of the exactly. minds and have consideration exactly. as well. And so the, the, this, what you're defining as a contract does not meet the definition of a contract. Well, I should, I should use this term force contract. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead then. Yeah. I, I, I agree. It should be a forced contract. But the solution is very simple. Anybody that's on it stays on it. If you're under 65, um, we give you your money back plus 5% or you go on it at reduced rates. That's your choices. Now, I would eliminate Social Security taxes both from the employer and the employee standpoint. 
put a 3% sales tax in, 2.75% of which can only go to reducing the deficit, 0.25% to fund the people that are still in the system. And the system ends when the last person on the system dies. Now, uh, I would also get rid of corporate income taxes because they don't co- they don't pay taxes; they collect them. Right, they mm-hmm. pass on the cost sure. to the consumers. Exactly. I see where you're coming from. It's an interesting and, proposal. I would say it's relatively small government oriented. Uh, yes. Although I would say, I think, why bother advocating for the federal government at all? Why bother advocating to even keep it around? Why bother advocating to pay off their debt? They're the ones that incurred it. Let them fail yeah. and uh, screw the feds. What do we need them for? Yeah. Well, actually, what I would really propose, and it sounds kind of radical, is a nice, friendly divorce. Um, I like radical. Yeah. The term is secession, those usually. Believe, those of us that believe in a small, relatively powerless federal government, like, as it was originally intended, we'll go out and form our own federation, and that's the way we'll keep it. Um, in the weak areas of the Constitution, we'll reinforce it and, uh, you know, eliminate the Federal Reserve from our system altogether, welfare, Social Security, and everything else. And those of you who believe in the socialistic system, like Obama and his crowd, California, the, you know, the good part of the eastern coast of the United States, you guys form your own country. And uh, That sounds know, good to me. Sounds and, good. You know, how, we'll do, how do you feel like, uh, Elliot, how do you feel that people feel about your suggestion? Like, have you proposed it to people? Because essentially it's a secessionist uh, suggestion. Yeah, actually I have. And, you know, living in the Midwest, we're kind of, a, we're the flyover. We're a bunch of bitter people clinging to our Bible and guns. Uh, most of the people I've talked to about it are in favor of it. Really? Yes, because, uh, you know, basically we're fed up with the federal government in its, in its power-grabbing ways. Um, most of us have read the Constitution that are educated, and those that haven't have talked about it. And, you know, it's uh, the federal government has outlived its usefulness. I'm with you, man. Thanks for the call, Elliot. I appreciate hearing from you. And do me a favor. Keep talking about secession. I appreciate it. Uh, 855-450-FREE. It's a shame that, you know... It's it's not going to go anywhere. Unfortunately, there's so many people that it would just outrage, and and there's there's a you know there's a chunk of people that are are staying in a delusional state and want to keep getting stuff for free, and they want people they they want that to continue on forever, and they've been no doubt there are lots of people on by, welfare. Yeah, they've been told by lots of enablers out there, lots of Keynesians that that's gonna that that can keep happening. That you can just keep getting stuff for free, and it'll just go on and on forever. And but aren't you encouraged though, Dale? That I mean, people are talking about this. That that people are willing to consider the idea of secession. I agree with you. There yes, are a lot of people. Yes, on the I, dole. yeah, I am. But you know, a lot of what he was talking about was was I was sort of addressing the stuff he's talking about before he got to talking about secession, which was this is how we fix. This is how the federal government fixes its debt problems and gets money in order and all that stuff. Right, but I mean, all it took was one question for me to get him and turn him into a secessionist. I mean, yeah. he was proposing, you know, inside the system. I do think that as changes. things get worse and worse, uh, secession will stop seeming like a pipe dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will start seem less and less like a pipe dream and more and more like a necessity. Well, like it'll, it'll be a survival. It'll come down to survival. We've already seen one study recently that showed that uh, that people. In this country, I think it was around 20 percent that uh, that about 20 percent of the people were were already in favor of the idea of secession. You're already at a starting point of one out of five Americans saying, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do that. 
Let's try that again. Uh, well, there's so, a lot of ideas that start that way, and then and, you know, once you get to a stage like that, it's 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 totally out of the fringe at that point. So it's starting to get right. more and more viable. Absolutely. I mean, one in five is a significant minority of people. That's yeah. a good. As far as and I'm I concerned, underst- that's a good starting point. It's a good starting point, and I, I understand people who say that it's. That I understand people who say it's just never going to happen. It's never going to happen. I know where they're coming from because you know that we're coming from. Uh, you know, coming from from an environment where people have this sense of the government as it as we know it is going to be around forever, and it's just this unstoppable thing. What they don't realize is that it is self destructing, and that people's uh, that people's you know we're getting you know it's dropped to a double A rating. You know, the federal government's mm-hmm. borrowing um, rating. Uh, or or credit rating rather it's dropped to double a it's the first step of the sign that that it is that people are that it's losing its lofty status as this behemoth as this monolithic um forever you know never going to change organization change is inevitable one you can count on it one eight five five four five zero free is the number that's toll free eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three plenty of time for you and your thoughts whether it's about the violence over in London or violence in general, secession, one of my favorite topics. And yeah, secession is a political solution, but still one worth discussing and an idea worth putting out yes there. Yes no. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up what you want is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we got a webcam. You can watch it. You can listen. You can interact with our chat room. The chat room is built there into the web pa- uh, webcam page. Just go to cam.freetalklive.com to do all that and do it for free. That's cam dot freetalklive.com and you know that cigarettes will kill you eventually right you've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try perhaps you've seen them around perhaps you've noticed that more and more people are adopting them well there's a good reason because well there are several reasons one it's a healthier option 22,000 times healthier and you'll save money in fact the pack a day smoker can save 120 dollars per month so you'll be richer You'll be feeling better, and you're going to smell better as well. So go to Vaporsmiths.com, and you'll get a special offer if you use our coupon code. Vaporsmiths.com. Use the coupon code FTL, and you can get a free starter kit when you purchase 40 cartomizers. Now, the 40 cartomizer pack, from what I understand, is about 69 bucks, and you get free shipping on orders of $60 or more. So you get your starter kit free, you get 40 cartomizers to get rolling, and you get free shipping. Really, you can't beat that. You can go to vaporsmiths.com. Especially the cost of cigarettes these days. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
855, uh, right, the government hasn't been able to tax this like they have cigarettes thus far. So it's also another, it's another benefit as you keep money out of the hands of the state. Uh, 855-2-GET-VAPOR, that's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, or go to Vaporsmiths.com as we go to you and your thoughts. David is in New Mexico listening on XM's America's Talk. Hello, David. Yes, sir. Hey, what's on your this mind tonight? great. Well, uh, I, I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this, but the first half of this administration, I have come to the conclusion that uh, they've been operating treacherously and... Uh, uh, Hello? What do you call it? Uh, holy cow. I, I'm new at this. Uh, That's Okay. Yeah. Now, how how is that different from what the Bush administration did? Didn't they do the same well, thing? Well, they didn't malign America. They they, huh? they didn't try to trash our our uh, economy. What? You don't think Bush? I, I think well, he didn't, none yeah, of them are it, trying to. They're just doing stuff that is doing it. And Bush was right. certainly responsible well, for that. Running, uh, running a war is going to trash the economy. That's like the, that, right? that's the most devastating thing economically we've got going is our is our actions in other countries. You, that, you run a war, you print money to fund it. You're trashing the economy. That's happened during Bush. That's happened during Obama. That's happened during Clinton. That's you know you just rewind the clock. I mean they're all bad, don't you think? Okay. I hear what you're saying, but we never had to deal with this Obamacare and uh, Nancy Pelosi. True, well, yeah, we had Bush care though. We had Bush thing. expanding Medicare we, massively. That's true. Massive expansion. By all means, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi said we have to sign this, pass it into law, and then we can find out what's in it. How would you <laughs> like to buy a used car from that woman? Well, you understand Holy that they all cow. do that, right? I mean, just I just I'm just playing the devil's advocate here. I don't take either side. I find them all detestable. Yeah. But you do you, you do understand? You sound like a partisan here, and you sound yeah. and when somebody makes that like the, like the Democrats are the problem and the Republicans are the solution, right? When somebody sounds like that, it's like you know I just toss them out. I mean, they, they, what you have to say doesn't have as much relevance to me because you're not of my you know it's not the same uh, worldview. The idea that the Republicans are in somehow a better form of governmental structure than the Democrats is absolutely not backed by any evidence whatsoever. Uh, yes, Obamacare didn't exist before. That's true, because each president adds on to the tyranny that is authorized under the president prior to. So if a Republican is elected who's not Ron Paul, then you'll likely see more things getting worse in the next four years. Uh, that Republican president will increase taxes and they'll you know cause more wars, just like Obama has done. So, I mean, Obama is essentially George Bush the third. Yeah, it just it just reeks of bias because I mean, especially Holy after watching God. all the stuff. Are you in trouble Bush... with the libs? What's in that? trouble with that the libs? Yeah, What's you're that? in trouble with them. Uh, another George Bush. Uh, their what? horse is losing ground. What are you talking about? He's telling me that I'm in trouble with the liberals because I've now trashed on uh, Obama by calling him George Bush the third. Look, man, I'm when not here to that? make friends with liberals or, or conservatives. I'm, I'm here to talk about the truth is, from my perspective, uh, to talk about the ideas of liberty, and that's going to get me in trouble with liberal, liberals and yeah. conservatives. They don't give a flip about They're freedom. They're all statists, and so if you start talking liberty, then it, it ticks them off. What, what do you want to see happen nationally? Uh, well, um, I want to stop us from spending money we don't have. So, then in that case, you would support ending the wars, correct? 
Pulling out of all of our bases necessary. in other countries? If necessary. Well, first thing I would do is get rid of that Obamacare. I guarantee you it's necessary. I, great. I'm we're getting rid of Obamacare. Is, all right. So, great. Well, Let's, we're getting rid of you, Obamacare. You I just want to follow you on this one here, David. So I'm with okay, you. Let's get rid me. of Obamacare. Now, let's also, what do you say to getting rid of the wars, which is the most, the largest chunk of all of the federal spending that you can possibly imagine? Well, if we don't defend our homeland, we won't have a homeland. So do you consider defending your homeland, bombing people in Iraq or Afghanistan or Libya? Did you forget about 9-11? See, <laughs> see you are a total uh, – you, 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 okay. you've lost any level <laughs> of right. credibility that, a, uh, that you might have had. None of the things – that didn't Libya? say anything about us bombing right. Iraq and Afghanistan. The, the innocent people, sir, that have perished in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya had nothing to do with 9-11. So why would you even bring that up? Uh, Domino's fall. Okay. You're not even making coke. Have you been drinking tonight? You need to make your little sense. Yes. Yeah, I've been. You have yes. been. Okay, okay. Yes. You know, that's okay. Yeah. I see where you're coming I'm from. A, but look. I have a few beers at the VFW. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, the post chaplain there, incidentally. You're a chaplain. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, so, sir. Wait, as a chaplain, that means that you might know a thing or two about Jesus Christ? I'm just a chaplain. I fill a position. I say some prayers. I ain't no holy roller, okay? So you can be a chaplain with, without actually adhering to any sort of uh, religious ideals? Well, I believe in the Ten Commandments, if that's what you're talking Like about. thou shalt not kill? Yeah. So how does that jibe with what the military does in Iraq, Afghanistan, Libya, and in other places? Well, you're allowed to protect your own life. Even yeah, God but that doesn't that. include when you go going over and into, kill people. Uh, they're going into foreign countries and occupying them, and we have bases yeah. in over 100 countries uh, look, around man, the world, here, David, it's costing us a fortune. Right. David, if you want to get serious about saving money and cutting the government, then you need to get serious about ending war, dude. And until you can do that, you are going to have a police state, and you're going to have an unending war, and you're going to have un- you're just going to have spiraling budgets. And uh, you know, uh, enjoy. Thanks for the call. One eight five five four five zero free. I'm sorry, you so-called small government conservatives. You don't get to have it both ways. You don't get to have this fantasy in your mind of a small government conservative, and I'm going to slash the government. We're going to cut it back, cut that Obamacare, and cut this out over there. And just we're going to slash and burn. And I'll oh, just don't touch the military because yeah. they're defending us by killing brown people all around the world. Because somebody attacked us on 9/11, and so therefore that justify. Let's just go ahead and drop some bombs, and uh, that'll sh- solve that problem. I just it's it's so so disconnected. It's just obscenely disconnected, and the and the con- and it's so contrived. It's the, way, the, well. the attempt to make a connection and somehow show that this is going to protect us from terrorism. Uh, I don't. I don't see. You, you have to be disconnected from your humanity. Right, I mean, is that what you're yeah. talking about? Disconnected? Well, I mean, the, the dis, trying to trying to show any connections between 9/11 and somehow oh, right. bombing Iraq and Afghanistan is going to somehow protect us from terrorists and, and prevent, <laughs> prevent them from coming over here and bombing us again. Yeah, I, I don't see how it's going to do. The that. reality is the opposite will happen. It'll yeah. create more terrorists. Yeah, please absolutely. go and look into it. What was it? I think Ron Paul recommended the book Blowback. Uh, yeah. several years ago. Go and look into it, man. What do you think would happen if somebody bombed your neighborhood, killed your family? Wouldn't you want to go and get some revenge? I'm not saying. 
saying it would be right, but you might want that. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to allow you to take control of the airwaves in these remaining moments. 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. Dale's here, courtesy of his website, FlamingFreedom.com. You can go listen to his radio show, Prometheus Unchained, LGBT, liberty-oriented, issues-oriented talk show. And it's all free over at FlamingFreedom.com. That always, that always yeah, seems like a stumbling block for you, like trying to get in all this stuff. <laughs> You've got it down. You've got your uh, your little phrase. LGBT should, issues from a liberty perspective. Oh, there's uh, Judge Burke yelling at us to have a seat there. I don't know if you hear that, but that's my cell phone. Uh, <laughs> alarm clock. You can download the Judge Burke have a seat ringtone over at freekeen.com if you would like. And then he can yell at you whenever your phone rings. Uh, so, hey, learnliberty.org slash FTL is where we'd like to invite you to go because there's all kinds of interesting videos there. And we're going to be adding more to that page over time uh, as, as uh, you know, we're kind of tuning into different videos on the learnliberty.org site and then highlighting them on our own page on the site. And one of them that you can go and see right now is one about the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. It's a common claim. You've probably heard people make that claim before. Maybe you've even made that claim. And to some extent, the claim is true, but not from the right perspective, not looking at it from the uh, the appropriate perspective. You've got to look at income mobility. You've got to look at the wealth pie expanding. And uh, Steve Horowitz shows how the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting richer as well. So go and check out the Learn Liberty Academy also when you go to learnliberty.org slash FTL. It's a course for people that want free online continuing education in economics. And this is great stuff, by the way. These videos are short, they're to the point, uh, and they're persuasive. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. As we continue here with you and your thoughts, Corey is on the line in Missouri. Corey, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Dale. Gentlemen, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, just wanted to talk briefly about uh, the Federal Reserve meeting tomorrow and the chances that uh, they're going to roll out QE3 or quantitative easing, the third round, some version of that uh, to continue kind of this invisible tax on the American people. Right. That's basically code for printing money, right? Correct. (laughs) Yeah. How'd that do the first two times? Uh, It didn't work. It just prolonged (laughs) the inevitable. Here we are again. Well, it seems likely that they're going to do it again, right? I mean, they only have so many tools in their belt. (laughs) Yeah. So is that your Uh, prediction, that they're going to go forward with it? Yeah, absolutely. They may even call it something else. I don't know if they'll call it the the Freedom Job. (laughs) Liberty (laughs) Put a nice swing on it. Who knows? That, that's a, I think that's a good prediction because uh, you know the government guys love doing that. They'll change the name of the same thing and they'll call it something different. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's a new legal term and it's something completely different. It's it's just gotten beyond comical. I mean it's it's not a tax. It's a fee. Hmm. You know one yeah. of those things. What else do you want to share tonight, yeah. Corey? Uh, nothing. Just uh, watching uh, the past really month of market slowly tumbling. I mean, it's just 
incredible. Um, Thanks for the I mean, call and the thoughts more- tonight, dude. I, I appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Captain Ned is next in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live, Captain Ned. Hey, Ian and Dale. How you doing? What's well, on your mind? Good, but I, I'd like to hit on this uh, succession thing in a little bit and how it's going to be tied. Secession. Secession. Just, yes, you know. secession. I'm sorry. I, I think it's going to... Uh, what they're going to do is uh, when the feds actually declare special law, which you can rest assured you'll see that, uh, like that Rex 84, they've got all these guys have been signing executive orders to that, suspending the Constitution. These states are going to jump off. They're going to jump off, and you go and try and take those old boys' guns. Like uh, David, the chaplain who just called, you know, it was a good call, entertaining. I liked when, uh, you know, I liked some of his points, but that's a guy I would be with when push comes to shove. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder about people like him. I well, mean, I mean, yeah, but they're, they're, when, when push comes to shove, and they're they're, they're going to shove back. You know, well, and, you, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hear a lot of that, and it's, it, I well, hear a lot of people who talk that. I hear a lot of people. Those VFW halls, guys, and man, those guys are heavily armed, and they're not going to play around. They've used it before, you know. Well, I I hear a lot of talk like that. I hear a lot of talk from people who say that, and then it seems like they want someone else to to take the first shot. Oh, I don't know about that, but (laughs) hey, Dale, I agree with you when you said that uh, people want full restriction on guns, just not for them. A prime example is Rosie O'Donnell. Her bodyguards are heavily armed. If anybody comes for those giant marshmallows, they're getting lead poisoning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ned, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it at 855-450-FREE. I'm skeptical like you are, Dale, on yeah. this one. Because, okay, yeah, the boys at the VFW Hall might be heavily armed, but they're also heavily obedient to the state. I mean, these are people that have been, in many cases, trained to take orders. Now, I'm not saying all people get out of the military obedient. A lot of people get out of the military, and they're very, very freedom-minded. You're one of those people. You were in the military. You went through basic Sometimes training. Sometimes it's a transfer experience. Absolutely, because then you see what bureaucracy is really like. You understand that this is really violence and this is dangerous, and you know there are all kinds of lessons that can be learned in the military. But on the other side, on the other side of that, for everybody that comes out in favor of freedom, leaving the military, there are plenty of people that come out and go and get jobs as cops, and they you know they completely yes. become obedient to the state. So a lot of these former military guys, I wouldn't trust them they, to defend my freedom. They've been desensitized to violence, which puts them in a, you know, that's what they want a lot of cops to be like. And that's what, that's what, that's a little scary. Right. And so if the, if the police come around and say, look, uh, Mr. Veteran, we're just going to need to relieve you of your weapons. I know that you might disagree with that, but it's for the good of the country. Uh I don't know. Well, yeah, see, that's 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 the point. That's what they'll do. See, they'll go around and start confiscating weapons that, before they get violent. They're not just going to come in guns blazing. They're going right. to go around and, and have some excuse. They're going to confiscate weapons. And, and that's when, if you're going to do it, you got to do it. And uh, and I don't really see most people being that way. And and I'm not encouraging it either because no. I, I just – I, I think the reality is that, that I don't think – I don't think violence is, is going to solve it. And I think that um, – you know, we we need to be nipping it in the bud before they're before they're going around disarming people because that is you know that's the sign that it's really going downhill fast. Go I mean, the idea is we need to be getting people to be realizing that that things are going in the pooper real fast and to do something about it now. Yeah, uh, not something nonviolent about it now. Get start. Uh, Start resisting peacefully now. Right. It's going to be a step by step process. And go back and look at Hurricane Katrina, and look at the uh, video. There's still probably video on YouTube of this. 
of the uh, the folks from the military, the National Guard members, the California Highway Patrol was also involved, local cops, going around and confiscating firearms from people. Yeah. There was one video of a guy who was a lawyer who was holding out. He was refusing to, to give up his guns. I don't know what ended up happening with that guy. They did bust into one lady's house and take her to the ground, this old yeah. lady. They, uh, they basically attacked her. Uh, she didn't want to give up her firearm in, in that case. So, yeah, they likely will run into pockets of resistance. And maybe some people are more likely to resist than others. But I also agree with, with Dale that it's pointless, as we've seen in London and in so many other instances, where even if it's not London where you've got thousands of people, you've got like the lone nut out in the woods. And maybe he's not a nut. Maybe he's completely sane and just has come to the conclusion that uh, he wants to just go out in a blaze of glory. Uh, he's going to be played off as a nut. He's going to look like a nut. And people are going to consider him to be nutty. And really what he is doing is pretty nutty because they've been setting us up for this for for many, many decades, getting people used to the idea that only they should have any weapons, only the police and the military should have weapons. And and, you may uh, have a house full of guns, Dale, but when you're surrounded by the police and you know that you might have like a granddaughter or, you know, a loved one, you know, a partner or somebody on the outside, maybe they're not home with you at that time. You, you, the police have come to your home. They're trying to take your guns. On one hand, do you want to go down in a blaze of glory? Or on the other hand, do you want to survive so you can see your family Most again? people, most people are going to hand their guns over. They sure are. And, and that's the end of that and story. When, and what's left is going to be such a small contingent, and then they'll be taken out, and they'll get to go out in a blaze of glory, And uh, but, but that's not how it'll be seen. It'll be seen as... You know, the the most people end up supporting the government. Times will be desperate. They'll right, and those for all those people that go out in a blaze of glory, that justifies the violence of the government. For each one of those people that, that chooses violence in response, that justifies in their eyes saying, well, well, it was a good thing we had our guns. It was a good thing that we, you know, we're trained and we're able to handle these crazies. This is what I this is what I'm here for. I'm here to crush heads into you know. Well, I, I wonder uh, what hope there might be for people peacefully resisting that. You know, simply saying, no, I'm not handing over my guns, and maybe they get arrested. Did, their house gets searched. That's the only solution. Uh, and then, and then, hopefully, attention gets raised to this. Like, not, they know they didn't pull their guns out and start shooting, which would be really right. oh god, peaceful. <laughs> um, but but peacefully resistance. resisting the to handing over their their, their guns. It and would have gone bring a long attention way. to this. That look, they are going around disarming everyone. Uh, something you know that, that we need to put a stop. To Let's get Angel in here with her thoughts. Uh, listening to WGMD FM in Delaware. Hey, Angel. Hey, Ian. Um, I just wanted to add, while you were talking about uh, the financial issues, I heard the caller mention uh, quantitative easing three. And one thing that people aren't really paying too much attention to right now is the fact that our debt has actually reached 100% of our GDP as as of the new debt ceiling. And and, and I don't know if any countries have ever actually... Um, have ever actually passed or, or done well after they hit ninety percent? It's yeah. it's a crazy. It's it's not it's going to be well beyond to hopelessness. <laughs> hey Angel, thanks for the call. We're short on time. In fact, we're almost out of it. So if you didn't get in tonight, then don't worry about it. Just call us back tomorrow night. You can call right at the top of the show if you like. And we'll talk to you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget Dale's website, flamingfreedom.com. See you tomorrow. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.